This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 334, The Mandalorian Series Wrap Up. I'll work on that. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so wise you are. was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers <laughs> and Aliens. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with my buddies, Steve, Steve McDonald. That's me. And Evan, Evan David. It's me. Yes, it is. And we are here to finish talking about The Mandalorian because we recorded the episode about the first episode of The Mandalorian and that was a... Uh, Long episode, actually. Uh, but this is about the remaining seven episodes of that show. And, uh, gentlemen, we've seen it. We've watched it. We are going to spoil it. And I think there might be a couple things that come out that might be spoilers for The Rise of Skywalker. Um, at least as I was looking mm -hmm. through some ideas and thoughts that I had, uh, I think that there's at least one thing that we'll need to bring up because of the timing of an episode and something that happened on the rise of Skywalker in the movie. So, yeah, so that's uh, just a warning out there that we might, might spoil that, but we are talking about specifics about the Mandalorian. So if someone has not seen the Mandalorian before they turn this off to go and finish watching it, do you guys think they should? What did you think? Spoiler free, vague generalities. Let's do it. Would you tell them that they should watch it if they haven't seen uh, it before? If they're a Star Wars fan, uh huh. Yeah. If they're a, you know, if yeah, if they're, I'd if say they're, watch it, but if they're a Western fan, you you'd like it because it has it touches a lot of those things. If you like, you know, the fantasy. It has fantasy elements. I mean, there's there, there's a lot going for it. I mean, especially since it's so much in the culture right now because of the whole Baby Yoda thing and stuff like that. Then, I mean, obviously, if you if you have the time, if you want to sit there for seven hours and watch, you know, something that's three times as long as a normal movie, <laughs> you know, that's. I don't uh, think it's quite that long, though. I don't think it's seven hours. Some of those episodes were thirty three minutes long. Well, still, yeah, still, maybe it's you know, it's six, two movies, six it's, hours. Yeah, yeah, but it's. A, I was surprised how short those episodes were. Yeah, some of them were pretty short. Yeah. 
Evan? Yeah, and I'd just say, I mean, it doesn't have any giant reveals or or crazy things like that. So, I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, it's not one of those things as far as like, oh, avoid spoilers at all costs because, I mean, nothing crazy happens. But, I mean, the aesthetics there, it's Star Wars-y and uh, it's entertaining. And I disagree about nothing big spoiler things to happen because I, I every episode is based on like there's it's episodic. Every episode is its own little story and and has some really neat plot twists happen. And there, there's some fun stuff's going on. And so I think if you're if you're a fan of action adventure sci fi yeah, watch it. Even if you don't like Star Wars, I think there's some things to like about this. If you're a fan of the Westerns, like like Steve was saying, definitely watch it. If you like Firefly, this is far more Western than Firefly. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it just, it, it just is. Um, but I'd also say, I mean, the big spoilers have already been revealed as far as uh, from like the first episode. Like if you're anywhere in pop culture, you've, You've been spoiled on the big uh, surprising stuff, but there's some little things that are here and there where, yeah, it's just fun and the episodes unfold and there's, you know, some plot twist or something. And and then there is a big thing at the end, but it's yeah. only big if you actually watch things more than the movies. <laughs> it's it's not quite as impactful if you haven't. So Right. And I was, I was sort of lucky because... Evan put together a little list of um, of the you know the cartoon shows to watch before I watched The Mandalorian, and I watched those, so it was much more impactful for me when I got to that point where I was like, oh, "That's that thing that I didn't know about until a couple of weeks ago that seems to be really important." So, but I wouldn't have had that <laughs> that reaction if I if I if I would have just said, "Oh." That's another one of those types of things. It's just a different type, but now I know. Yeah. So. Uh, my son, Tim, when it happened, said, oh, Dad, that's – I have that Lego. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So, basically, if you're the type of person who listens to this podcast, you're probably going to enjoy The Mandalorian. So, if you At haven't watched you get it – something out of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if, if you haven't watched it, it's recommended. Recommended. Basically three thumbs up, but some more excited than others maybe. I'm not sure. We have to get into the details now, and we're going to spoil to get into the details. Mm-hmm. So let's let's start spoiling. I'm not playing the spoiler organ. I'm too lazy for that. We're only five minutes into the episode. So let's, let's do this. Okay. Let's talk about this thing. There are seven episodes after the one that we have already talked about. Um, and each one of them is kind of its own little Western movie. Uh, in fact, you could almost see them kind of checking off the Western tropes. Uh, yeah. You get the the prison break. You get the just the flat out. I'm going to go and and uh, get a bounty, um, but with double crossing. You know, yeah. there's the yeah. um, uh, helping out the old team, and they aren't as good. Uh, as you might remember them to be, you know, and, or maybe they're exactly who you remember them to be. There's the Magnificent Seven uh, trope, except it's actually just the Magnificent Two or Three. Yeah. Um, and and then there's the big final 
climax that basically uh, episode seven and eight together uh, kind of are, are this big giant climax. That's the the big, uh, big double cross, big plot twist, big fight. Um, and it all looks like it's just there's no way out. There's just right. no way out. They're going to die. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Evan, I'm going to start with you. Yep. You hate Westerns. Uh, you love, I do anything but Westerns. And so, uh, but you have said that you don't mind it, but Westerns. you, you, you have said though, that you don't mind, um, when a Western gets dressed up. And so you, you put science fiction stuff on the Western and it's palatable, but if they're wearing cowboy hats, you, you hate it. So I'm, I'm curious what, uh, what do you feel about that? Let's start with the vibe, this Western vibe. Yeah, it definitely bleeds through, uh, even though it's in space. Um, so anytime they're they're out of that kind of element, uh, I like it much more. Like so, in the last two episodes, I mean, it's just obvious that it's a Western thing, and in the first episode as well. Um, but like the the prison break one and the uh, the seven samurai one, I I really enjoyed those episodes. Uh, I can't remember all the episodes right now off the top of my head. But <laughs> okay, the, so here, let's... the seven samurai was my favorite. Okay, so we got episode two is the child. I actually made my notes so we could do this. Uh, the episode when he has to fight the mudhorn to get an egg to give it to the Jawas in exchange yeah, for the yes. parts of his ship, uh, and that's when we find out that's that definitely the westerny. Baby Yoda actually uses the Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode three is the sin, and that's when he gives the child to the client, but has second thoughts, and then goes and fights through the Imperials. And then after he gets the baby away, he gets attacked by the bounty hunters, but gets rescued by his fellow Mandalorians who come out of hiding. Yeah. Episode four is Sanctuary. This is the Magnificent Seven one, where he's hiding on a planet. He meets Cara Dune, and instead of being able to just settle down quietly and raise yeah. his child. On a nice planet, uh, we get the magnificent seven scenario. Uh, yeah, magnificent seven scenario, when he has to fight a band of Klatuian bad guys, and at the very end, a bounty hunter comes and he has to leave. Uh, episode five is the gunslinger. That's the one on Tatooine, where the ship is damaged, and so he has to f- uh, land on the planet and go and visit the set of the uh, Tatooine Cantina from Mos Eisley, and he takes right. a bounty. He helps a less experienced bounty hunter. And there's double crossing and gunfights, and Melinda May from Welcome to Level Seven, not Welcome to Level Seven, <laughs> uh, from Agents of Shield. Episode six is the prisoner when he helps out his old coworkers, and it's a prison escape with lots of double crossing, and the Mandalorian is basically Batman in Arkham Asylum. <laughs> Episode yes, yes. <laughs> which is still westerny, but you squint with one eye and it's a Western and you squint with the other eye and it is uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually crossed my mind when I was watching those. The Batman thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, he's basically just star Wars Batman. Yeah, totally. Uh, episode seven reckoning. He returns to Navarro because grief Karga has said he would exchange the dropping of the bounties that are against him if he comes to help them get rid of the client and the Imperials that the client has with him. So he recruits his two friends, Kara and Keel, 
and IG-11 comes along with them and force powers get used that are going to show up in the movie that is going to come out that weekend. Uh, but it's a trap and they end up in the cantina on Navarro and the real bad guy shows up. That's Moff Gideon and they're trapped in the cantina. And then episode eight is redemption where you have lots of fighting and despair and ideas and plot twists and they escape. And this is where you also get the dark saber. Yeah. When Moff Gideon cuts himself out of his TIE fighter. Somehow he survives a TIE fighter crash and cuts himself out. There's got to be bags. That thing is made to crash, though. It just rolls, you know, and you're just in your (laughs) harness. And yeah, the airbags deploy. Uh, I I think he's fine. Yeah. 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 Works great when it's on land. Maybe it's like a ball within a ball type of a thing where it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. outside it's rolling, but inside it's just sort of like, oh, I can sort of feel some motion. It would not be the first thing to be like that. I mean, slave one, yeah. you know, it, it would it would rotate things. And yeah, yeah. and there was a, one of those land uh, sort of like a tank thing in Clone Wars where it was like one big tread that goes over the mm-hmm. whole thing and you sit yeah. in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And the B-wing. The B-Wing yep. would rotate no matter how you held yep. it, you know, uh, which when I say how you held it, because I actually had that toy <laughs> that I held. But also if you are flying in it, you know, it's going to uh, – right. although I'm not sure when you're in space um, what the uh, what the plane is that it's staying level with. But I think yeah, it's just it, staying it level with your equilibrium. It might be. might be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are the episodes. And – yeah, easily each one of those you could take out the lasers, take out the lightsaber, take out the um, spaceships and put in some horses and some wagons and some hats and some six shooters and Clint Eastwood and <laughs> and they they would work except for one thing and that's Baby Yoda who has the force. Right. Now you could give him a child still, mm-hmm. you know, and, and have him, you know, with a child, but the child is bringing well, something else to the some... table. I mean, they could throw in some Native American mysticism if it's one of those kind of Westerns. Right, yeah. So that's like – the child work. is bringing something else to the table, but it's not – yeah. It's not the force. Maybe he's a horse whisperer who stops the mud horn. And you know what else I was getting from from the whole vibe is uh, baby cart assassin, lone wolf and cub type of a feel to it. <laughs> Do, okay, I'm, I'm going to go here right now because I said I was going to play back the audio and – I don't have the audio to play back, but I'm going to read the transcript of what was said in episode one. All right. So you guys ready? Because we need to address this. I said, I'm wondering what we're getting into. Is this going to be a lone wolf and cub kind of scenario (laughs) where you've got the Mandalorian traveling with a baby? And then you, Steve said, oh, and then Evan said, oh, please. No. Oh, no. I hate that story. Yeah. And I I said, lone wolf and cub, you've read it. And you said, yeah, I hate it. I said, you read it? No. Anytime they do it in fiction, I hate it. And I said, you hate traveling with a child and protecting the child as you travel? And you said, yeah, I hate that story. Hate it. Not interested. And I said, well, there's that. I love it. And then a little bit later, I said, here's my prediction. <laughs> and uh, and then you said, uh, Evan, uh, I think it's boring. And then, Steve, you said it can be. And this is – no, this is Evan. He said, I just think that, yeah, I'm not going to – Oh, no, I said, I just think I'm not going to throw out a boring label on something that had potential to be a real story. 
And then my prediction of this is that we are going to have the little Yoda thing teaching the Mandalorian some of the ways of the force, not to be a Jedi necessarily, but some of the ways of the force and how the force works and allowing the force to guide you and protect you and have better skills and that sort of thing. I mean, the guy's got skills already. And then Evan, you said, that just sounds so horrible to me. <laughs> um, and, and then you said in the past, I've watched stories like that and they've never interested me. They've always been boring. So I have precedence for my feelings. And then the plot you just described where the baby is teaching him the stuff. I think that's ridiculous. The question is, did it live up to the horribleness that you thought it was going to be? No. Okay. And the, the main reason for that is because when I was referencing that stuff, I was picturing it's just them against the elements. And, but because the, there was so many other characters that, and recurring characters that were in the story, I liked it much more. Okay. So like, so like what I was talking about is kind of like stuff like the good dinosaur or the Western equivalents of that, which is, you know, it's just the two people. One of them is more vulnerable than the other. They go through the wilderness and they just meet random people and it's none of them are recurring. It's just one thing after another and they're trying to survive. And to me that it just puts me straight to sleep and I, I clock out, but no, this was, this was much better. No, no. And it also helped that baby Yoda is the most adorable thing ever. Wow. And he's, and he's not really helpless. No, you know, no, he, he does, he he does stuff and he can, he's, he saved the Mandalorian a couple of times, you know, so it's not, yeah. So it was, it was much more interesting than I was imagining. So that's, it's definitely good. And like I said, I like the other characters. Like when we finally got to the last two episodes and we finally got a Star Wars style crew around him, uh, I really liked that. Okay. So, um, so Steve, back to the Lone Wolf and Cub or the, Mm -hmm. uh, what's the movie? What do they call the movie? The Baby Cart? Baby Cart Assassin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely that vibe was there and this did kind of go where I thought it was going to go. Not exactly, um, Mm -hmm. but it it came close. I mean, uh, but only, I think the only reason I was able to predict that was I was looking at it and seeing a lone wolf and cub kind of thing getting ready to happen. And they definitely were playing that up. I mean, you had the baby cart. I mean, it was was there, you know, and you had- The only uh, thing is the the baby cart and the baby cart assassin is- you know, has the weapons in it and the, the baby, you know, although he, you know, sort of can use a a weapon and it's kind of cute when he tries to, and he actually gets some hits in when he does, because people aren't expecting him to do anything. He's largely not powerful and it switches it up by, you know, the, the baby cart here is just, you know, the thing that carts him around and he has the power. So, you know, it, it is a, a switch of, of uh of things there and the other thing that we had talked about was um the idea of it being ridiculous that a baby was teaching the force and that didn't happen the baby unintentionally and i think naturally used the force but Mm -hmm. it wasn't like he was intending to and and so yeah they're all i don't get why nobody knows about the force in this universe uh, yeah. You know, just this many, I mean, how many years? 30, 
35 maybe years since Order 66, maybe. Um, and nobody and, and they, even recognizes that there is a thing like this. And they just lived through four years of a huge battle led by, you know, someone who is, who calls himself, you know, a new Jedi or whatever. I mean, you know, I mean, they've got to be hearing about, I mean, even Darth Vader. I mean, I mean, there's, there's so much. Well, plausible denial Darth, need to... <laughs> Darth Vader was Darth Vader was like an urban legend almost like he wasn't a well-known guy to the public and same thing I think with Luke is it's just you hear these legends and stories about Luke Skywalker and people have got to be you know thinking it's either made up or or they, they don't know and then with the Jedi uh, 35 years ago I still think people didn't fully understand the force. I mean, they understood that there's this order of knights who have a religion, but I think most people were kind of clueless about the actual power they had. You know? I, I just think there's a lot of story gymnastics and contortions that you need to go through to get to the point where, you know, even, even in the first movie when Han Solo is like, I don't believe in that stuff. You know, right. and it's well, okay, it's okay to maybe not believe somewhat, you know, but to just dismiss it out of hand. One generation ago, you had the Jedi Order. You had, I mean, in on Coruscant, you had this huge thing with the, the I mean, and there was hundreds <laughs> or thousands of them running yeah. around and and protecting the place, you know, protecting right. the galaxy and, um. But we get into this point and they don't know about the force, but they're going to find out about it. You know, like the Mandalorian is going to find out where Baby Yoda comes from. Mm -hmm. And that's his mission now is uh, and he can do so without having to worry about bounty hunters coming after him from grief cargo or cargo or whatever his name is um, <laughs> from clutch cargo. Uh, clutch cargo. But he is still going to have to worry about people who want the baby. Like he's not, there's not a general wanted poster out there for him, but he still has a target on his back. All right. And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious, like how much do we want them to reveal about the race of Yodas? Is this, this is something I've heard people say, this is the one mystery oh. that Star Wars doesn't tell us. <laughs> the one that. mystery. It's, yeah. Who cares? I I want the full backstory. I want Yoda as a kid learning to be a Jedi. Who cares, man? See, we might get is, that this, though, Evan. This could Good. be. <laughs> no, no, this not in this. In in the movies, uh, they're talking about the right, next yeah. movie trilogy being four hundred years before the Skywalker saga, and taking place at kind of the height of the Republic, and that uh, it would be like a four hundred year old Yoda. Uh, so yeah, young Yoda. Yeah. I mean, this we're gonna get him in his prime, you but know, where he's be, just I mean, suave and debonair, debonair and and smooth with the ladies. But this this could cool be hair. a <laughs> a like a reincarnation or something. I mean, who knows what you know other wow. spirituality that they they're going to you know take and and put into the Star Wars universe. Um, we already have. Except Force we know posts. he's not reincarnated, Steve. Because he shows up as a force ghost in The Last Jedi. Yes, but he might be able to project himself as a force ghost while he's being reincarnated or something. We don't know. Well, we don't except this this baby Yoda was born 
uh, long before Yoda died. Maybe the Yoda, Yoda maybe the Yoda race yeah. has some sort of overlapping soul thing going. <laughs> we don't know. Is what I'm saying. I mean, it's you, a fantasy, you are correct about that. Yes, <laughs> it's a fantasy science fiction universe where you can make this stuff. I mean, they've made this much up. They could make a little bit more up and just say, you know, hey, it's just, you know, it's just it was a slow reincarnation. You know, <laughs> it's a backwards reincarnation. Yeah, it could be. You die, and then slowly your soul goes back in time, or something. And then, I think one of the yeah. one of the things that the 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 creators have said is that it's not Yoda. So I think there's that. But you know, just having if you don't know that, you could you know you could plausibly make a case for it being being yeah, it could be anybody actually. I mean, you know, it's a fantasy universe, so they can it's be, Count Dooku. It could be. <laughs> It's Count Dooku reincarnated as Baby count, Yoda. Count three coup. Could be almost anything. All right. So Baby Yoda, let's let's finish up thoughts on that. And and just what are your what do you think? I mean, we, we've obviously heard he's cute. And I do believe that I love him. They just went and and did all the research and study about okay, so what is it that makes babies and puppies and other small animals so adorable to human brains. And mm-hmm. then we're going to put it all in just on this one little puppet. <laughs> yep. And it's all going to be there. Yep. I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, saw this, I saw this meme, <laughs> and it was like, the first time I see Baby Yoda, oh! And then it was like, the 535th time I've seen Baby Yoda. <laughs> and that's what I do every time he comes on screen, man. I'm just... Well, so I, I, and I the, what... the part where uh, he and the Mandalorian are pushing the buttons back and forth on the on the spaceship. So funny, man. That was like the best moment. Okay. I think one of the, the things that works for the character is that he isn't just a baby. If it were just a baby and, you know, the Mandalorian just for some reason said, oh, I'm not going to hand over a baby. You know, I mean, it it might it might actually say more about the Mandalorian than than we get. I mean, right now he doesn't want to hand over the baby because it has force powers. You know, if it didn't have force powers, would he just be like, eh, you know, it's just another quarry, just another thing. But, you know, it it's it's sort of. You know, bringing him from a darker place, you know, bringing him from a place where he might have given this baby up. But now he's he's being brought out of that. And, you know, at the same time, the baby Yoda works because, you know, people who really like this type of story, but don't like the helpless baby, you know, oh, now I have to take care of a helpless baby type of a story. You don't get that. You get this baby that does have the ability to, you know, to defend, to, to protect and things like that. And not at a, at a great level, but the potential for that great level is there. And so you can sort of project that. So, you know, you it can... has the cuteness, but it also has the utility. So there's that. Yeah. The, the other thing you can project is, I mean, this, this baby, even though I still don't quite understand how the 50 years a baby thing works, where... Uh, and maybe they'll explain it or maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Just untenable. But the, uh, this is a, 
a blank slate of a character. Yeah. Now, this is a child who is growing up and who is naturally protecting the Mandalorian, uh, doing so because the Mandalorian is part of his tribe, so to speak, it has been taking care of him. Um, but there is a, a dark streak there. You know, like when he starts choking Kara in the ship when yeah. they were arm wrestling, you know? Yeah. It's and a dark so, force. That it's a dark side of the force. And so you have uh you have the Mandalorian becoming a better person because of the baby and and making better choices and moral choices because of the baby. And and then you have the baby who I think is going to need to learn from from the Mandalorian things like, you know, you don't just choke someone because they're winning at arm wrestling. Mm-hmm. Cause that's just not okay. It's also kind of odd that the baby would have been around for 50 years already. And it doesn't seem as though it's, I mean, it, it has 50 years of learning and I, I would only imagine most of that was spent with its own race and they wouldn't have had any type of any type of guidance for this little one to, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, we got to find the backstory when you, when you project 50 years yeah. of infancy on something, you know, and you really think about it. You're like, would the parents at some point get like, it's been 50 years and this thing's still drinking out of a bottle. You know, I mean, it's like it, it boggles the imagination to to have them project a 50 year old infant on us. If you really think about it. Yeah, it's one of those where it's so big, it's almost hard to imagine. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in 50 years from now, when they're doing the 50th season of the, the Mandalorian and the Mandalorian is just about to die you know, and baby Yoda is like just learning its first words. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> this just seems like it's, you know, it, it's not built for, for the distance. You know, it just seems like. But a 50 year old age definitely set things up where we, no one was expecting what we got when right, and the I bounty think was 50 years old yeah, and that's that's where the twist comes in but at the same time i don't think they thought it all the way through but then again it is I, a fantasy universe so they could be like well when he's 51 he you know like just like you know in, in some sitcoms where they have a baby and then the next <laughs> season he's eight years old it could be something like that you never I, know i would disagree with the one thing that you said and that is that they hadn't thought it through i think it has been thought through I think that they have a very specific plan and and that they know exactly where they're going with this. That, that, that could be true, and I, I wouldn't put it past them. It just doesn't seem very thought through. If you're just looking at it with what they presented to you and, and projecting that out logically, you know, unless they make some really wild, fantastic, you know, fantasy-type level changes to how the logic works – which they can, it's that's that, it's that type of universe, then, you know, it, it doesn't give you much to, to go on. It's just all going to be surprises from here on out. Uh, okay, anything else about Baby Yoda before we move on to another topic? Um, okay. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the fan service stuff that's going on here. There's Jawas on, like, every planet. I was really bothered <laughs> yeah. 
by him just like shooting the living daylights out of the Jawas and they're living creatures <laughs> and he's just shooting the living daylights out of them. And then later on, they're just like, oh, they get, stole an egg, ship. <laughs> get an egg and we'll give you back your, your parts. And it's like, well, you don't care about all the people that I, all the, 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 the Jawas that I killed. I, there's no, there's no redemption they're yeah. there. Just get me an egg that we're going to eat. And that's going to be good enough to, to get my parts back and cover the, the deaths that I caused. That's a actually a, a really so valid people, point. Steve. Yeah, <laughs> the the value of life uh, that is placed on life in in not just this. Uh, I mean, there's so many shows like this and and movies like this, and honestly, the Star Wars universe. You know, where you've got people just it, it's just casual killing. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's just this is a part of what we do. This is how we do it. And oh, I'm trying to remember. There was. A, there's one movie where I was watching it and it just stuck out to me so much where the, the good guy is just running through all this stuff and just killing people left and right and left and right and just throwing people over the side and they're falling to their death. And it's just this, and it doesn't matter because it's the good guy running and doing it. Right. It's okay. But here, especially because, you know, then he just barters with them for an, something that they're going to eat and something, I mean, they were just wasting it. It was like half of that egg (laughs) stuff was on the ground. They didn't care. And I'm like, is that how much the Jawas value Jawa life? You know, I I was just, I mean, and if it is, then why, why aren't, I mean, there's, there's more story in that, you know, why wouldn't, I mean, it, it, it's, it's not another one of those little mind-boggling logic things where I understand from a story point what he needs, you know, why that has to happen and all those beats. But logically, if I were one of those Jawas, I'd be like, how about a life for a life? You know, <laughs> get the egg and we'll kill you. I mean, they didn't even, there wasn't even the like a little backstab at the end. No, no, or, not, not then. Any, yeah. <laughs> It would have been nice if like in episode five or episode six or something, you see like a Jawa on a different planet or something like getting the message from those Jawas, you know, and it's it's like, you know, OK, yeah, we tricked him and, and he didn't die getting us the egg. You know, we thought that he was going to die, but, you know, we got the egg and we ate the egg and, you know, now we he still needs to die. And then the other Jawas would be like, okay, all right. And then there was some, you know, under undercurrent with the Jawa plot as they're still trying to get him. Or something, but it just seemed like you know, Jawas, eh, they're dead. You know, who cares? Kill some more. And they're on. Are they on every planet? Well, that's what I was wondering. I mean, you've got a lot of fan service going on in this show, where you have the IG robot, you've got the 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 night saber or the dark saber rather. Um, I, to me, night saber just sounds so much better, but. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's for my fanfic series yeah. that I'm going to never write. But um, you've got all the different droids who show up, but then you actually have him show up at the cantina on Tatooine, the cantina where um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Han Solo met Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And and where Han shot first. And well, and then this is not the first time this cantina has shown up in other stuff. I want to say that I saw it in Rebels. I think. 
think. Well, I can't remember. I, I think it's in the episode where they go to Tatooine for reasons um, that that they actually end up in the. Yeah, they do. They go to the cantina. And it but, shows up in the uh, the holiday special, right? No. <laughs> it's still it's a it's a cantina on Halloween on Halloween on Tatooine, but it's not the cantina. Not the cantina. No, B. Arthur's cantina is a very different one. It's a very different one. Yes. Yeah, right. We have this galactic wide curfew, <laughs> so they have to close the cantina. <laughs> it's like it's not even a like the ridiculousness of a worldwide curfew. Because of time zones and, you know, one side it's noon and the other side it's midnight. But no, we're talking galactic <laughs> wide curfew. Then. Yeah, you'll yeah. you'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Uh, but there's still a curfew here. Yeah. <laughs> we're not crazy. Well, you know, the Empire wants to just just really lock things down. But yeah. Um, yeah. So thoughts on that. That's probably the one thing that bugged me the most is just that there were so many things where they didn't have to do the familiar or show the familiar. It could have been something completely new, but they went ahead and, and did the familiar and showed the familiar yeah. and it's, it doesn't ruin it for me, but once you start doing that too much, this is my, my big complaint with star Wars in general is that star Wars is such a small universe for a series that takes place in a galaxy where there's thousands and thousands upon thousands of planets. Um, and so many people on each planet and everything is just such a small cast of characters. Yeah. Um, that, that have to show up. And yeah. Uh, now there no characters showed up in this movie or in this show, this series, who were from the movies that I that I am aware yeah, of. Interesting characters. Uh, but they will be. They they promise season two will have some trilogy movie characters show up. Or pre existing characters. Ooh, and Iden Versio. And Iden Versio from the Star Wars Battlefront 2 campaign, which is very cool. That person was in if the... If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should YouTube it. It's in. <laughs> that person showed up in the show? Is that what you're saying? They're going to show up in season two. Oh, they are? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a problem with any of that fan service stuff because to me it doesn't seem fan servicey. If you bring in all this new stuff every time you have a movie or a TV show, it just stops being Star Wars-y and it's just a new thing. And there's, I mean, I always get, I, it always bugs me when we see new Imperial TIE fighters. There's like 12 new Imperial TIE fighters that we never see in any, any of the movies. I'm just like, just quit it. Just use the regular TIE fighters. We don't need any new stuff. And so like IG-88, I'm fine with that being a, a line of assassin droids. That doesn't need to be a one-time thing. And then the Darksaber that doesn't strike me as a fan servicey thing. That strikes me as a Dave Filoni being in charge of the show thing because he invented the dark saber and he's managed to weasel it into every single show he does. So yes. Well, I, and it's I important that's just to Mandalorian the lore too. Yeah. That, that, it is. It that is. Saber so, is, yeah, is I cut, I cut it more slack for that too. Yeah. No, I, I'm just saying, yes, you've got all the, all the races, all of the different, you know, there, it just feels to me so small when you stick with such a small uh, – and and honestly, The Mandalorian does expand and actually gets away from some of what I'm complaining about because it's not the Skywalker family, you know, and it's not that they're yeah. going to try and work, you know, every, uh, you know, 
young Luke Skywalker into this thing, or I guess middle-aged Luke Skywalker yeah. into this or whatever. And there's glowy blue shrimp, and we've never seen those before. And that was cool. I was sort of impressed with those. <laughs> that was, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to. <laughs> That's sort my of favorite know, episode. I'd like to sort of know how they, how they did that effect, because that was, you know, a, you see lots of different types of, uh, you know, fauna and flora and stuff like that, and and that one brought me back to almost like an avatar, type of a. You know, whoa, how did they do that type of a, you know, feel to it? Like when you first watched Avatar and you were like, uh, this just seems like someone said, okay, we're just going to put all the script and everything aside for a couple of months and just work on the fauna and the flora, you know, and that's the, the shrimp uh, just, I mean, in, and it was just such a, a natural setting too. It was just like, you know, they're just sitting there and they're doing their little fishing thing. And all of a sudden these, these blue shrimp, they're jumping around and they're, you know, I mean, it just, it was impressive. That episode reminded me of the second Ewok TV movie (laughs) where you had the, has anyone said those words ever before? (laughs) <laughs> actually yes that reminded me of the second ewok yeah, tv well, movie <laughs> yes they have said this before and they'll probably say it again about this episode because you have the the gang of of bad guys that look all you know they're they're pirates and scum you know and and so they have that that same kind of look and feel um but then y- you also have them you know attacking on foot uh, and, and actually this move, I keep calling it a movie, this series draws on that. There's a creature from that, uh, from that Ewok movie yeah, thing. I Oops. I said series. And so Siri is <laughs> answering me. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, what's the, the name of the creature that, that, uh, they, they ride in the, in the first episode. And they bring them with them the for, for episode seven. But those things are from Endor or the were Borgs. on Endor. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or Blurg. So, that's what it is. Blurg. Blurg. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, the other thing about that episode, I think that's probably my favorite one too because of the Magnificent Seven thing that they're doing. Um, but it does, if I think too much about it, I, I, I have to stop myself because of just some of the ridiculousness of the the climax with the walker. But yeah, it's like, you know, dig deeper into the pond <laughs> and make and it like, walk into the pond. And it's like standing at the edge, like a little duckling trying you know, to decide, like, is the water too cold for me? How, how deep can, can a six foot person dig into a pond? Only about six feet before they start drowning. Right. I mean, it's, it was just sort of like, and, then, and we had this conversation on a on a Facebook thread, Evan and I and a couple other people, about does his ship have weapons on it? Because we hadn't seen that yet. And he's right. talking about nothing can get this thing on this planet. Nothing can can take this this walker down. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still hadn't at that point hadn't seen him actually go into battle with the ship. Right. And so it was this kind of go around like, well, did the ship even have weapons? Is that why he didn't think that was an option to to fight against the ATSD? And then the very next episode, we find out because <laughs> there's, there's a big dog fight at the beginning of that episode. Yeah. So, well, uh, what else? You guys have any topics you want to touch on before we finish this conversation? I really, I really like the the deep, um, 
you know, lore about the Beskar and that type of stuff that you're getting. Oh, yeah. It would be nice to get more of a history of it. I know there is a history of it, but it would be nice to have it as part of the story that we're that we're watching. But I really enjoyed that. And the the forger. I don't know exactly if that's her name. I just, uh, with all of that, really, really enjoy how they show and don't tell. Like, we don't know the meaning behind everything that they're doing, but we right. do know there is meaning behind everything that they're doing. And there's a gravitas to it. And there mm. is an importance to it. And I really, really like that that aspect of things, that angle of things with with this whole show with him. Yeah. Yep. I just think it would it would lend a little bit more weight if you knew just you know a little bit more about the Beskar. When I found out about it, I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, that makes a ton of sense." You know, it 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 just made it pop for me. And so while I'm watching the show, I'm just sort of like, if people don't know about the Beskar, does it? I mean, does it just feel as though it's just, you know? Oh, it's it's just a really cool metal. It's you know, it's it's so, our it's our special metal. I would say yes because I knew about the dark saber and I knew that that was tied in with the Mandalorians and that there was you know a history there. I was not familiar with the Beskar at all, but the gravity of the way they presented the Beskar and what little they did reveal still was impactful. Uh, I, I, it still impacted me. I still don't know much about it, about Beskar. All I know is it's something special and it is, and it's special for a reason. Uh, and part of that is it was special to them. It was taken away from them. And so it, it, it did. Yeah. The importance did, did crop up for me. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, Evan, any, any other thoughts before we, we shut this down? Not really. <laughs> okay. Looking forward to season two. <laughs> I am too. I am too. Um, so the other things we have coming from Star Wars, now that the Skywalker saga is done, and when I say other things, Evan, you can jump in if you want to with some of the video game stuff because I'm not as tuned into that. But we have the the Ben Kenobi show on Disney+. Plus. We have this... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Republic. I don't. Remember, I can't remember what they call it. The High Republic, I think, something like that. Yeah. Uh, from 400 years ago, a different time period that's that's been really shown or explored. Knights of the Republic. No, no, it's after that. It's different. Yeah. So Knights of the Republic. Yeah. Knights of the Old Republic is like a thousand years ago. Yeah. This so is only 400. This is in in between there and. and okay. Um, yeah, so the Jedi are, are a force to be reckoned with, but this is – I think they're even saying that it is before um, like the rule of two or whatever. I, I'm not sure about that, but she anyway. Where the Sith had an empire. Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, we've got that coming, and I, I think that there's – you know, it's an interesting time now uh, where they're, they're backing off on the aggressive movie plan, I think in some ways so that they could do the aggressive Disney Plus plan, but – I mean, you can't have two Baby Yodas, you know? Uh, you can't, you can't yes, put you Baby can. Yoda in, in the, next, the Kenobi show. The next Clone Wars season is coming out? That's Yes, yep. The next and last, I'm assuming, finally. Yes. Because mm-hmm. they already Unless announced... Unless it gets really popular. Well, didn't they do, like, they, they finished... 
a final season that didn't get aired on TV but was uh, went directly to Netflix. Yes, and that was great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so now they they got another one. Yep. Uh, another final season. Yeah. Well, there were some like, plot threads that didn't get resolved even with their final episodes. Order sixty six and a half gets uh, implemented. <laughs> yeah, but if or- you haven't watched that last season on Netflix, it is it is deep and dark is it good? and good. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's it. Any final words before we shut this one down? This is the way. <laughs> Evan. <laughs> yep. I was I was anticipating that you would say I've spoken. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I was trying okay. to think of something Baby Yoda said, but then I realized. He doesn't say anything. Oh, I think he said, "Ah, ah, ah." yeah." (laughs) Okay, imagine me reaching out my hand, and then somebody being electrocuted, and then I look at my own hand inquisitively. (laughs) Yes, that happens a lot with you, I think, doesn't it? (laughs) You'd be surprised, Steve. It's it's really hard to go anywhere with Evan in public because of how many people get electrocuted. (laughs) He's not doing it. It's just happening. <laughs> yeah. I don't think but he always surprised. thinks he did it, you know? <laughs> yep. Just the wrong place, the wrong time. Like, Evan, it's not you. It's still not you. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> and I, of course, just want to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you for spending time with us. And Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. Episode 334, The Mandalorian Series Wrap Up. I'll work on that. (laughs) The Mandalorian, what should we call it? Series conclusion? The rest of The Mandalorian Season 1. All right. Yeah, okay. We'll figure something out. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome. No, it's not Welcome to Level 7 either. Here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers <laughs> and Aliens. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with my buddies, 